0: Welcome to Healthy Heart Talks with Vasti, where I believe that a healthy heart leads to healthy head decisions. Have you ever made a decision that later on you regret or a decision that makes you say, what the heck was I thinking? Well, I've been there, done that, and I got the whole wardrobe. And the talks you will hear are real life stories with real life lessons that all led to making good head decisions. Healthy Heart Talks will be able to offer you some guidance and insight as you make your next decision. So let's talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Healthy Heart Talks. This episode is going to be one that I hope um, those of you that are considering marriage will tune in. Those of you that are are married, I'm pretty sure it's going to spark some conversation between you and your spouse. Um, But I just know that the goal of this episode is not to talk down on marriage. It's not to talk down on any individual's. But it's more to just shed light on what I wish I knew before I got married. And I also have a guest with me, and he's going to share, when I introduce him, what he wish he knew. Then we're also going to talk about some opinions that we got from actual married couples, and I want to know what he thinks and I also want to know what y'all think by emailing me or inboxing me, whatever you choose. But I do remember the pressure, if I want to go back to dating, I remember the pressure of dating somebody for five years and feeling like my marriage was never going to come. And I remember thinking, I'm t- I'm going to be 28. Oh my gosh. And it felt as if marriage was so far-fetched at 28, <laughs> And here I was so young and had this depiction of marriage that I thought was going to solve all the problems in the world. I thought that when we got married, we were going to have more money, less problems. Um, I thought that sex was going to be like the movies. I thought that all the things, all the things. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) so I want to introduce my my co-host for today, Terrence. Let the people
1: know. Hey, Bosti.
0: Hi. So tell us. Where are you from and how long were you married? And um, yeah, let's go.
1: All right. I am from Waco, Texas. I don't know why that's relevant, but... (laughs) Um, ah, from Waco. Waco. Shout out to Waco. Uh,
0: Waco, isn't that the city where that guy? Uh,
1: that was outside the city limits, so he wasn't really in Waco. Everybody from Waco says that, right? They, uh, that's because what it's was true. his name? What was his, was his name? Was David Koresh.
0: Yes, he's the one that got everybody to die with him.
1: That okay, first of all, yes, but that is still <laughs> that was an axle that's outside Waco. Outside okay, okay, Waco how community. far? Waco was just the nearest city. Okay. Okay. That, that, was, that was that's it. You um, guys
0: here? I usually want to claim that. I don't. Um,
1: <laughs> obviously, you revealed to the folks that um, how long I was married. So I am no longer married. So divorced apparently is out the out the bag as well. I <laughs> uh, was married for a total of uh, five years.
0: Okay, five years. And how long did you date? Uh,
1: how long did I date? Uh, I think it was. A little more than a year of
0: dating. Wow. Yep. And how old were you when you got married?
1: I was 25.
0: Oh, so young, guys. So freaking young. Kind Felt of
1: like I knew what I was doing, though, I think.
0: You thought you were just a grown beep man, Apparently, right? Yeah, yeah. Just grown <laughs> yeah, out here. I, I like how
1: you bleeped yourself. <laughs> <up> there.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay, but your upbringing, talk a little bit about how were you raised in the, in the home and things like that. Like, people know... For real quick, if you haven't heard season one, I was born and raised pastor's kid. I grew up Spanish Kojic. There is such a thing. Iglesia de Dios en Cristo. Um, And I then had my parents, obviously, we were submersed in the culture of Jesus Christ as our savior. (laughs) And if you sin, you're going to hell. (laughs) And we went to church seven times a week and all of that. So... How was your upbringing when it comes to your
1: faith? Man, you know, um I can relate to a lot of what you just said. So, my really? my mom and dad, so I was um I I were, uh, I was a minister's kid, so MK, so okay, kind of, you know, okay. in the same pack.
0: Yes.
1: Um grew up um in a very uh conservative Pentecostal background. We were we were Kojic as well for those that so don't you know. So you were Kojic. I was God in church of God Kojic. in, Christ. Of and God I was in Christ. That's That's right. That's right. So so um, the
0: church and the doors are open. You guys right. did all that.
1: That's right. Yep.
0: And you did giving honor to God, who was the head of my life. Head
1: of my Yep. Testimony service. Yep.
0: Oh, snap. Okay. We, okay. We had
1: that table that you couldn't touch because it had this do and remember Mr. to me. me? <laughs> don't know why we couldn't we touch this table. <laughs> don't know. We thought Jesus was in there growing up, but apparently, I don't know and why. did,
0: did your pastors sit at the at the pulpit?
1: That's right. Everybody, pastors and ministers sat at the pulpit. Right. Usually with their hands folded and a very judgy face, like <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> with their glasses down on their noses. <laughs>
1: you had you had the semi-collar and the full collar yes. to rep how Jesus you were.
0: Oh God! Uh, so yeah,
1: all of that. So that that was um, you know that was kind of the environment I, I was raised in. Obviously, in today's world, uh, as a believer myself, I certainly appreciate having that background. But you know. I think the background felt more religious at times than relational. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: you just end up kind of making your own mind of certain things that you think about in particular marriage. Right. Um, I don't know if we are marriage issues or things were talked about as much in the church. It was just sprinkle Jesus on it and that'll be okay. And that's going to be how you have a successful marriage. Yep.
0: And I can 1000% agree with that. I believe that, And how I grew up with marriage, I grew up with um, the guy that likes you and the guy that starts pursuing you. That's your husband. Like it was like you have to marry that person. I also grew up with if you have sex before marriage, you should just go ahead and make it make a wrong or right. And, you know, it was the whole what was the saying in church? Um, It's better to.
1: Better to marry than burn with yeah, passion? Yes, oh, yes, yes. Okay. Better to
0: marry than to burn with okay, passion, okay. you know?
1: Take it from Paul, okay. okay. Yes. It's a little out of context, it's but okay. It's big time
0: out of context. <laughs> and please, if you are dating and you are in a relationship and that is a struggle for you, get counseling, get a mentor. Do not rush to the altar. Right. Would you agree? I
1: completely agree.
0: Please don't. Because so, marriage
1: ain't going to solve the issues you have.
0: Come on, say that again.
1: Marriage won't solve the issues you have.
0: And that leads me to my next segue. That was great. I believe that marriage is a mirror to how jacked up you really are. I believe marriage tends up teaching you and showing you all of the areas in your life that you thought you had under control. And really it's highlighting it. And then you're with this person that you vowed your life to, that you're saying, I trust you. to to not judge me. I trust you to be able to be vulnerable with you, a safe place with you. And a lot of times what I wish I knew before getting married, and this is one of the first ones I want to bring up, is I really wish that I knew the background of family trauma. Hmm. I wish before I married, I would have found out a little bit more and dug a little deep because We all have that. We've all heard the same. And I'm sure you've heard it, Terrence. You don't marry just the person. You marry them and the family. Mm -hmm. And although the family doesn't come to dinner every day and all of the family doesn't go on vacations with you all the time. What do you think about that that statement?
1: Well, I completely agree with that. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody doesn't have a Romeo and Juliet type story where just love is going to overcome these these mm. uh family differences that's mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. um I completely agree with that I think um, understanding the background you know how their family views marriage mm-hmm. how was the upbringing every family has their level of dysfunction right mm-hmm. um oh, for, uh, uh,
0: uh, I, my family's perfect
1: what I'm sorry everybody's what? every family's got the level Man, of please
0: we so jacked up I know
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit of tidbit hopefully my mom and dad don't hear this but a level of dysfunction we have is that we're just loud. For really? no reason. We'll just be, uh, we'll have that's a conversation why, and we'll just be yelling at each other. Wait, and I'm like, you? Is why that are we why yelling? my loudness annoys you? I think so. <laughs> we, we came, with, we're in an environment where we just, and then also, yeah. my dad had this way of, of, of if you said something, he would say, huh, even though he heard you. Oh. So it made you want to say it louder. Yeah. And then we're just yelling for no reason. So yeah. anyway, again, yeah, mom, dad, hope y'all not. I listening. can't
0: picture your family loud.
1: You know, they They, seem very subdued. When I see your picture Mm -mm. of your family,
0: they don't look like they're loud. Mm,
1: That is a, mm, yeah, Nope. we can, we got, (laughs) we got pipes. Everybody got vocals. Uh,
0: Brother Swain, uh, Minister Swain is loud.
1: He can can be loud. (laughs) He can elevate his voice when he wants to. Anyway, again, Pops, I hope you're not hearing this. Anyway. I'm sure they won't. (laughs) Uh, But to your point, yes, uh, that is. That is it's just so important and helps you have a better understanding of who you're getting involved with mm-hmm. um, based on their upbringing, but also the people you're going to get involved with. Right. Because to me, marriage is such a commitment. It's a it's a divine institution. And I think you need to understand that if there are issues within your marriage, are these people going to be for you
0: or, or are they going to be against you? you? And again,
1: you're making a pact. And so what I really wanted to understand is, you know, in my mind, when we get married and all these people that are witnesses to me, you're telling me that you're now for my marriage, right? Not even just for me. So I want you to give me advice. I want you to be in my corner for my marriage. Not That's even so just
0: good. Me.
1: And you have folks that, um, you know, family members that they're not going to be considering your marriage. They're going to be considering that individual. And sometimes that might be um, contradictory to what that, you need to do in your marriage,
0: Terrence. That is so. I haven't. You know what? I don't think I've ever heard it that way. Like not only before me, but for my marriage. Because when I mean, you think about when you go to a wedding, you pick a side, right? I know nowadays mm-hmm. it's like, don't pick a side. We're all loving each other <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> before See, we were so politically yes, correct on picking yes. a side. Yeah. So
0: nowadays, you know, well, back then it was you pick a side. You sit if you're with the bride, left; groom, right. And it's so true. Like, are you for my marriage? Mm -hmm. And I can attest to that because when I was going through my divorce, I saw who really was for my marriage and who wasn't. Like, it's so I don't know about you, but I went through the the part of my divorce where people felt comfortable telling me how they really thought about my ex-husband. And I was like, hold up now. Can you wait till the, the papers are signed, sealed, mm-hmm. delivered before you start knocking him? Because I did make this decision. Right. Like, yeah. I told him, you know? Right. exactly. So, it was like, it's so funny how after you break up with someone, and this can be relevant to dating, everybody wants to say, you, oh, I didn't like him anyway. I never liked them. Mm. Their haircut, their style. Yep. I didn't like the way he talked. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: right? Right, right. Yep. So,
0: I feel like when it comes to your family and knowing the background of family— It's so key. I feel um, I also feel like if you are dating somebody or you are marrying someone that has lost a parent, I feel that it's really important that you ask them if they've gone through grief counseling with that, because that will come also into your marriage. I experienced that firsthand. And I remember feeling like, hey, you're still not over the death of your mom. I think you should go back to counseling Mm -hmm. because I'm going to quote my best friends, the leaks they say, whenever someone comes to them for advice or anything, they'll tell you, I am a great friend. I am a great brother, but I'm a terrible God. And that is one thing that you cannot be to each other in your marriage. Mm -hmm. You can't be God to one another or the Holy Spirit if you believe that. And if you're not faith-based, you can't be anybody's savior. Right. You can't save them. You can't fix them.
1: Right. Absolutely. Go ahead and tell me what you think. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter how good of a husband or a wife you are. You might be the best one out mm-hmm. there. If there are issues with your soul and who you are, it won't matter. Yep. And it'll it'll be sabotaged if there are things going on with you. So, absolutely. I'm a big fan of counseling, whether there's a issue to counsel mm-hmm. or even if it's just maintenance. And mm-hmm. I want to spot check and see how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly... Um, important um, and uh, which I guess brings me to one of the things that I wish I knew. Or, yes, or, tell or me. Uh, um, you know, I, I, um, there's this saying, or, or I heard from a book about each individual being separate, unique, and whole. And mm. even though you get married, that you should maintain a level of being separate, unique, and whole. Oh, that's so good. Just the emphasis on the need to be separate, unique, and whole, right? And I think that's so important before you get into a life altering decision that makes life what? altering <laughs> forever, <laughs> forever, ever, ever. ever, forever, ever. ever.
0: <laughs> that was a platyon. That, that was, was good. Sarah, that was, that was yep. good. Same wavelength there.
1: Uh, but maintaining and being able to be separate, unique, and whole um, to yourself before you're talking about signing up with doing this life with somebody else. You know, as a male, and at least how I'm thinking or how I, I approached it. You know, if I'm a man and I'm saying I want to get married, I'm saying I'm agreeing to not only take care of myself now, Come on. I am signing up to take care of me and somebody else.
0: Those are snaps. And
1: so because I'm saying I'm going to take care of somebody else, I got to make sure I've got what I need to have together to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and the certain things that you already mentioned this earlier, right? Whatever marriage can be a mirror. Mm-hmm. And things that you haven't dealt with, while you think, while God wants to use marriage, in my opinion, to help maybe bring these things in life and he heal them, if you don't address them, marriage will exacerbate them.
0: Oh, my goodness. Which brings me to something else I wish I knew. I wish I knew how to have healthy conflict resolution. Mm. I say that because um, I know myself pretty well now. After being divorced almost... Whoa, hold on, guys. I got to do some math. Wow, I'll be five years divorced this year. Wow. That is a lot. I didn't think it. just you blink and it happens anyway. Mm -hmm. So after being divorced for five years, and I want to say like probably my second and a half, third year into my post-divorce life, I took a deep dive into the Enneagram. And I'm an Enneagram 8. And if you don't know about the Enneagram, stay tuned. We're going to do an episode about it soon in this season. Um, so Enneagram eight, my number is known as the challenger and we are very assertive. We're bold and we are what you would basically call the debaters and male Enneagram eights are known as like powerful men and just like, oh my God, they're just amazing. But women, they're known as bitches. I'm going to say it because that's exactly what the book says. (laughs) And Zach, feel free to maybe bleep out the second bitch, that one. Um, (laughs) so I will say that I didn't realize how unhealthy I looked at conflict um, and how it was very like, no, hear me. And I was more arguing. I was listening to him just for me to like say my point Mm -hmm. and not listening to him in arguments, like to really hear what he was saying to me Mm -hmm. and our arguments, Terrence, they were Horrible. Imagine an unhealthy Enneagram 8. I was that and then some. Mm. Basically, Donald Trump. Mm. He's (laughs) an (laughs) 8, I heard. Sounds fitting, huh? And you know how he just goes off the the dome, right? Mm -hmm. And his Twitter and and all of that. And I literally, I, I can sit here and I can boldly say that I was not proud of that. Like, there was times where I did not give him the space to talk. There was times where I would just basically like get my point across and that was it and you're gonna hear me and that's it and I really wish somebody would have taught me and it's crazy because I was on the debate team in high school and I learned a lot of things on being on the debate team but I didn't take that into like relationships mm. because I believe you need I wish I knew how to argue better I wish I knew because guess what Are arguments gonna happen Terrence absolutely Yes, our explosive arguments the, going to happen. They come with
1: the territory.
0: Yes, conversations and arguments are going Now, now let me let me tell you this. The the whole like I will preface this by saying that not everything has to be a 10. You don't have to argue about every single thing. But I believe that arguments I will say for me and you're going to go next. But I will say for me that because I didn't do a good job expressing myself of things that bothered me i waited till i exploded and then it was like and three months ago and he's looking at me like three months ago hold up why didn't you tell me three months ago right where you know i will say when you don't learn how to have healthy conflict resolution it 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 becomes almost like a poison in your marriage it's Mm. toxic so i'll stop there you go
1: no, uh, I completely agree with all of that. You know, there are certainly levels to the intense fellowship, I'll call it. Oh, that's that you good! Have. Intense fellowship, intense like that. Intense fellowship. There you go. Save I like, arguments. Let's, I let's, like Christ, that. let's Christianize it. I intense like that. fellowship. I so like that. there are certainly levels to that. And, uh, you know, it's funny getting back to what you mentioned earlier about your background and your upbringing, right? Mm-hmm. You think about it as kids. You I know about your household, but we couldn't argue oh, with no. our parents, right? Oh my gosh. And so no. we came from a we came from a background where you were honestly never able to really express communicate yourself. or express yourself, right? It was muted. And so now as adults, we've got to find a way to do that in a mature way with other adults.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And that's a big clash. On top of that, I'm sorry, God, the way God, he was so brilliant when he did it, but He made men and women so differently. You know, Mm -hmm. you brought up the fact that you hit something from three months ago. Well, it's probably because, or maybe because. While you were in the heat of that argument, it reminded you of that. And so you chose to use it as a launching pad. Mm-hmm. But as a man, I'm overwhelmed just thinking about that because <laughs> I can only think of one thing at a time. Yes. And so I'm also wired to be a fixer. Yeah. So I'm hearing this issue and I want to fix it just naturally. Yes. And now you just bombarded me with 10 more that I didn't know about. So I'm overwhelmed. So now the argument is doomed mm-hmm. because I am defensive. And I'm trying to fix it and get past it, but I can't because you've given me too many things to work That's on so at once. And so it's, it's, it's being able to have conflict resolution, which starts at an early age, even in working with kids and under, having, creating an environment for them to be able to express themselves mm-hmm. and you hear from them and learn mm-hmm. from them and coach them through that. It continues obviously through adulthood and learning about ourselves. Yeah. You know, for the first time ever a mirror is being held at you. Mm-hmm. You've got your own way, your own experiences mm-hmm. of doing things. And now somebody's holding you up a mirror and showing you how you do things. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, I do it differently. And sometimes we treat those differences as right or wrong yeah. because we're so ingrained of doing it our own way. And yeah. they're not, they're just different, That's right? So it's like true. saying here, Africa and China coexist. <laughs>
0: And they're like, like, we can't. We don't even speak the same language. Exactly. That's going to take a little longer to coexist, right? That's so good. That's so good. Wow. Now, would you agree that I wrote, when I was writing notes for this show, I said, what you do in dating, the person that you're wanting to marry is practice for marriage. How do you feel about that statement? Like, how you argue, how you um, communicate. Like, do you think that, and I'm not talking about dating every single person. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about the person that you're like, This is my person. Mm -hmm. It stops here with her or for me, him. And this is it. Do you think that how you handle things in dating will either be amplified in marriage or they'll be like not?
1: I think they'll be amplified. Thank you. I completely think they'll be amplified. I talked to somebody
0: and they disagreed. They told me, no, because dating is supposed to... I was like, you sound stupid. But they were like, no, because dating is supposed to be like fun and discovering. And I go, but... Even though it's supposed to be fun and discovering, when you think about marrying that person, you also have to consider the fact that, wait, when we were dating, they were always late to this. What makes you think that then getting married, it's, they're going to be on uh, time? Right, right. A character flaw is a character flaw. Right. So I believe that those of you that are dating, are going to date, whatever. I know the season is all around that topic, uh, relationships. I say, look at the small things. Mm-hmm in that person, because those small things will turn into bigger things, especially in marriage.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Can I also share some knowledge for y'all? There's a saying that says men marry women expecting them to stay the same
0: Mm.
1: while women marry men expecting them to change.
0: That's good.
1: So I think there is a level that many and many women do it where we tend to dress people up in potential instead of what we see Come. is what we get.
0: You know what? So. I always <laughs> tell people do not marry potential because it will become your reality. Mm-hmm. I believe it's women we're all guilty of that. I don't care. And I'm and I and I will say like I've met a few men that have seen the potential in a woman and they're like, "Well, you know, I'll give her a chance." Mm-hmm. But their tolerance is much more no nonsense versus us, we'll we'll go all the way to the altar. Mm -hmm. A man will leave you if they don't see that potential coming into fruition. They'll be like, oh, no, no, no. At the beginning of the relationship, it was cool that you were struggling getting a job, but this has become your life? Mm. I gotta go. Absolutely. So I will say that I wish somebody would have told me in my dating years with my ex, like, Hey, you guys have unhealthy conflict. You need to work on this. And the other thing, too, is like when I was talking about those small things, I heard this amazing, amazing sermon over 15 years ago. And this has always stayed with me. He talked about um, basically how God can't trust you with the with the big Mm -hmm. if he if you can't take care of the small. Mm -hmm. So he compared it to a small, small hinges open big doors. So you see my door, right? Mm -hmm. You see how small those hinges are. Wow! But those hinges are super powerful because if one, look at there's one, two, three, four on them. If one is off, the whole thing's going to be off. Mm. So I always always use that example to let you know that when you are dating, and I'm guilty of it because I've let small things, "Eh, you know, (laughs) he's so cute or we just vibe. (laughs) But then that vibe turns into a flub because it's like, no, like you can't ignore it. And I will tell you, like, I really wish somebody would have stopped me and said, hey, this is what you're missing. Now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think if somebody would have told you when you were dating your ex, hey, this is just not for you, like you need to break up, would you have done it?
1: Oh, That's a good question. You know, I, so we all have people that have certain levels of influences in our lives, right? Absolutely. So, I guess it depends on the level of influence that person had in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, you know, somebody like my parents saying mm-hmm. something like that would be pretty strong. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, shoot, like, that might be something I'd have to say. But do so you think you would have still... You know, if it's somebody know? like my parents, probably, Yeah, I think, yeah. right? If that level of influence... Yeah. I think somebody else, not necessarily, right? Yeah. It's all about the relationship that we had. Now, it would have given me some, some definitely some... Some very good thought. If the mentors in our life mentors, why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mentors in our life uh, yeah. that we both had, yeah. even in our dating relationship, if mm-hmm. they said something like that, they certainly were a voice to us. So if they had said something like that, very probably yeah. so. Yeah. So we just didn't have anything like that. But I, I want to think that I would, but I don't know. I can also I, be pretty stubborn. I and was also about tell to tell you.
0: you <laughs> I I know I wouldn't have. Like my mm. my I've had two of my best friends ask me that. And even my sister was like, Vasi, if we would have told you, you would have still gone through it because you it would have made it would have made you more like I'm going to prove you guys wrong. Right. Yeah. And I will say that that sometimes now I'm like, please tell me, please, everybody tell me. Absolutely. because
1: <laughs> It's amazing how that changes. Right. right? Yeah. So
0: it's like, you know, when we talk about the health of your heart, right, mm-hmm. like leading with your head and not your heart, I. One thousand percent love with my heart in that situation, in that marriage, getting to that marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that I still think I would have gone through it, but it's something that I think I, I, when I think about my life, Terrence, I had to go through that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, to be where I am today.
1: Absolutely, same same thing, right? All things work together for the good of those that that love, love them, right? The Lord, yeah. So, but no, I I completely agree. It's funny how things change because I'm I'm in the same boat now. I'm letting people know ahead of time, you have free reigns to say something. So let me know. I don't want to hear any of this, any of this would have could have, should have. Yes. But, well, I thought this. Yes. I'm letting you know you have the floor now because you have a different vantage point that I may not be seeing. So yeah, I certainly welcome it and I'm opening to it because I'm trying to optimize and make the best decision possible, right?
0: 1,000%. Now let's go to, I asked three couples and I asked about five guys what they wish they knew. And I want to start off with one of my friends. His was so good that I was like, you know what? This is really, really good. So, he
1: almost replaced me on the podcast, didn't he?
0: No, no, okay, no, okay, no. I'm about say. So I said to him, <laughs> what do you wish you knew before you got married? And he responded, the power of an apology. An apology does not necessarily mean you are wrong. It just means you value your relationship more than you value your pride. Mm. Apologize often. Tell me your thoughts.
1: I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can speak to myself. um, I can be argumentative myself. Mm -hmm. I can be stubborn.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I can have a, which has been a problem of mine. I can have a um, uh, this I'm right Mm -hmm. attitude, Mm -hmm. right? And in marriage, that to be right still means you lose.
0: Yes, and
1: I, and that was the thing that it took me some time to learn that you can still be right, but you don't get a trophy for being right if you still lose in marriage. And so dying to this need to be right, even if it was a right mm-hmm. and just simply being willing to figure out what it was to reconcile and, and right the wrong. and an apology was so it was was step one of that, right? Mm-hmm. So my words, I'm sorry. like I had those, I started getting those ready. At the tip of my tongue, before I even knew what the issue was, I had an I'm sorry ready to go. Why? Because to me, as you as he mentioned and as you mentioned, it was it's the beginning step that says whatever this is. I'm I'm, you know, I don't want it interfering with our relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't want it interfering or creating a conflict or a rift between you and I, because what we have is more important than whatever this Mm -hmm, issue is. mm
0: -hmm. You know, oh, man. That right there. That is so true. When I think about what you just said about, I'm the same way, like I wanna be right. I think I've learned recently in just doing a lot of introspective work um, and reading a lot on just emotional intelligence. I've read and I've learned that for me, being right, it's because, for me, it makes me feel like I have the upper hand, Mm. like I'm in control. Mm. And being wrong, per se, leaves me just vulnerable and just emotionally Mm -hmm.
1: naked. You sound like such an eight.
0: I know, (laughs) I know. But, Terrence, that's the one thousand percent fact, and it's helped me so much because even as I get when I start when I date, you know, and I'm so honest now. Like I'm like, listen, when I'm in an argument or if I'm in a disagreement. I need you to understand something about me. It's not that I want to be right because I want to just roar and I am right. I'm wanting to be right because I don't want to see you. I don't want you to see me weak. Mm. And it's just the way my mind breaks it down. And there's layers that I'm peeling back on that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think in marriage, I, man, I'm not proud of this, but I can honestly tell you that I hardly ever apologized. Mm. And I knew I was wrong. I knew I was wrong. And I would still find a way to manipulate. Let's call it what it is. For me to say, no, I'm right. <laughs> and you know, he was more of a. If I could give him any number, I don't know if you've ever thought about your ex in a number of an enneagram. But I, if I could give him any number, I would give him a four. And um, he was more of the sensitive one, mm-hmm. and he was more of the passive one. Mm-hmm. So I believe he always went first because he just wanted to keep the peace. I think he just wanted to shut me up, like, just shut up, okay, fine, you're right, you know? Mm-hmm. But now that I think about it, I'm like, that wasn't healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, for him, or him mm-hmm. exactly. And I think when you think about what you wish you knew before you get married is, I feel like you really, I wish that I would've known more of those triggers in him, And he know my triggers, not because I'm responsible for his triggers or he's responsible for mine, but because it helps you in communicating with a person. Mm -hmm. Like if you know somebody is struggling with this, then you're going to approach it differently. (laughs) Right. So I will say that the apology thing for me now is so key. Like I recently got I was getting to know somebody and, and it was so cool to just sit across the table from someone that, I said something and I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Fine. Fine. I I like was like, it was like friendly banter. And I'm like, you're right. Whatever you say. And then he goes, no, it's not about being right. He goes, it's about let's just keep the peace. Hmm. And I was like, dang, like, it's so true. Like when you meet someone that can actually say no, like, honey, it's not about being right. Like this is not a competition because that's the thing. Wouldn't you agree? Marriage is not a competition. It's not. You shouldn't be in competition with your spouse. It
1: is team, whatever last name you want to insert, you guys are a team. And I used to actually yell that uh, sometimes we were in an argument. Mm -hmm. I would say, this is team Swain. And it would just help put things in perspective that regardless of what's happening, it is not me versus you. It is us trying to figure out how to do the best we can to becoming one. Mm -hmm. And there's challenges in becoming one while it's a beauty of collaboration, there is friction because you are blending two people with their own different ways of doing things mm. and experiences. Yes. And you're now saying coexist. And by the way, you need God for that, right? Mm-hmm. I think he does that on purpose. Marriage is such a different ballgame, right? So back to other things that we wish we knew. Yeah, go, cool, go. Cool. Marriage is a completely different ballgame. So for people that don't know, while dating certainly is a precursor, it, it, it does change. You know, I think we live in a society where we want to transition into marriage as much as we possibly can. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it still doesn't necessarily help.
0: Mm.
1: Whether that means living together prior to what have you, it doesn't necessarily help because marriage is still such a ball game or change uh, because of the level of intimacy and what it requires. Right. We're talking about something that to me, God didn't make any junk. Right. And so God is going to institute something as, miraculous of a marriage and say like, okay, there's got to be something to this to where it wants to work, at least if we're doing it God's way, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So how do we go about doing it? I think we as individuals get in each other's way when it comes to trying to build ultimately what God wants us to do collectively. I 1000%
0: agree. And I think that um, when we talk about something that I wish I knew, I wish I knew myself a little bit more. Mm. Um, I was twenty eight going on twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Um I turned twenty nine the year that we got married. Mm. Um, but I remember it it was it must have been like two years into it where I felt like i don't I don't think I know myself that well. Like, I felt like I knew a version of myself, but I felt like as much work as I thought I did, quote unquote,, um, I still felt like, I didn't fully know me. I didn't do a lot of those. Mm. Like, I lived on my own for only a year or maybe two years before marriage. Um, but he was always over. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he. I lived on my own, but it was like, are you coming over today for dinner? Okay. And then, you know, he would spend the night sometimes and I would go to his place and uh-huh. then he would come night. Like, it was always like, together. we were still, we were so in each other's lives and we did everything together from church life, friends, Mm. everything. So our worlds were so intertwined Mm. that I felt like if I ever pulled away, something's wrong. Right? So I will say that I wish I knew myself as a single person better. I wish I would have taken time to really know single Vasti because now in my post-divorce life, it's taken me a good three years to really know that single Vasti, like what Vasti really wants things like that. Of so. course.
1: And then see, even single Vosti, I mean, Vosti is still evolving, right? Um, yeah. Um, So, you know, same here, right? I mean, the 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 Terrence today may feel differently than the Terrence three years ago or the mm-hmm. Terrence tomorrow. So, you're constantly evolving as mm-hmm. well. So, kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about being separate, unique, and whole and even yes. maintaining that even yes. when you get into a marriage. Finding exactly what that is to be separate, unique, and whole yes. for Vosti, for, for me, for Terrence. So, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. completely agree.
0: I also wish, I don't know about you, but it goes to what I just said. I wish I had a life more outside of that relationship, Mm -hmm. like your identity, right? Because I don't know about you, but when I went through my divorce, I remember talking to uh, one of my friends in Chicago and telling her like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's next. I don't know what Mm -hmm. I'm going to do. Like everything that I planned my entire life, I planned with him. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what my life looks like alone. Sure. And it's like, it came to the point of like, dang, Basti, like you were, you really lost yourself in that. So it, I really like that you said that about what was that line you said?
1: Being separate, unique, and whole.
0: Separate, unique, and whole. If you're listening to this and you're dating and you're constantly with each other, schedule time for alone time. Absolutely. Get your own hobbies. <laughs> Absolutely. Get your own friends. You don't yeah. have to have all your friends together. Like it's so an un- I will say that's unhealthy. Right. And
1: if you well, and if you had all those things prior to dating and you've gotten away from them and you've started gravitating into this new joint life, get back to them, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going to need that mm-hmm. because
0: y'all
1: going to get sick of each other.
0: Oh, you know? absolutely. You're going to get sick <laughs> of each other. And here's the other the other big one that I wish I knew. Mm. I wish I knew that love was not going to be enough. Wow. <laughs> like pin drop. <laughs> like I thought love. I mean, I love you. Don't you want me to be this or don't you want to do this for us? Like, don't you want to go get a job because <laughs> you love me? Don't you want to be a provider? Those I'm telling you, my mindset around marriage I and mean, my parents are going to be married this June will be 47 years. Awesome. How long have your parents been married?
1: My parents, this June will be 37 years.
0: <laughs> Let's say the date on a count of three. One, two, three, eight.
1: June
0: 16th. Oh! All right. Look okay, at that. eight days apart. All right, look at that. kojic weddings? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, they're both June. Yep, a so decade apart. Wow. My, uh, my parents, they have. Trust me when I tell you their marriage isn't perfect. They're not going to mm-hmm. listen to this. My dad actually might, because the other day, do you know, when I was in Chicago the other day, I turned on his car and my podcast turned on. Oh, I said, really? oh, Lord in heaven. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll tell you, like, their their marriage has not been perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, they're rocking it out. You know, recently, my mom had a hard time transitioning. They were living in Iowa. And um, they transitioned back to Illinois because my dad, um, he is an Assemblies of God minister. Mm -hmm. And he took a position with the corporate office Mm -hmm. and it requires you to live in Illinois. Mm. And my mom did not take that well. Mm. I mean, you want to talk about. A grown woman having a hard time. It, It was so like for me and my sisters, it was so hard to see my mom like not adjust well to that. And. Um, my dad was being the most sweetest and the most supportive that he could be because he's like, honey, this is an opportunity that God brought to me. I didn't go looking for it. I was voted in. Um, but I will say that, I mean, they, they figured it out. But I feel like because all I thought in my head was my parents have been married all this time. We gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we gonna make this thing work. Of course. So I feel like for me, love was the big thing. It was like, well, I love you. You should do this. Mm. But when I think about it, Terrence, here's here's the big curveball to this. I also sat there and asked myself, and I don't know if you've done this, did I really love him? Ooh. Did I really love him? And I can't say that I fully agaped him. Agape love.
1: Didn't agape him, huh?
0: Agape is that unconditional, no judgment love.
1: Oh, yeah. I think,
0: you know. I did not.
1: I think that's, you gotta, I feel like you gotta transition to that, right? That's the ultimate love. I don't know. Let's take, let's take some building up, too. I will say this, and this stuck with me some years ago. I had her pastor say this, and I think about it every time. He was like, for starters, I do believe, particularly when you're talking about in the marriage, right? We, you mentioned agape. You know, you, you differentiate that from eros arrows. arrows love is or the romantic. Rose, exactly. Or the rose-colored glasses that you always have at the beginning of a relationship that's yes. going to wear off.
0: Yes. Right? I, think I, I think I had them on my whole entire marriage. Oh, wow. No, legit. Oh, shoot. Legit.
1: hmm and so they just, they crumbled when they came out. <laughs> Jesus. Bless you. <laughs> Goodness. No. Yes. Oh, um, but. Uh, yes. But. Uh, so
0: let's really quick backtrack. So there's three types of love. There's the agape, which is unconditional. The eros is romantic. And then there's a the phileo love, which is like a friendship. Like I filet Terrence. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about relationships, obviously you're going to have that eros love with that wife and that husband because you are going to be sharing intimate moments with them and things like that. So you and your partner are going to definitely feel that. But the agape love, go to your point.
1: Yeah, well, to the agape love. Um, well, agape love is more, obviously, you already said unconditional mm-hmm. love. But speaking to that, our pastor said something that stuck with me. First of all, love is a choice. Absolutely. Right? So you are choosing to love. You are choosing to, to honor your vows and stay committed to the decision that you made that day even if it's days or months or years later. And even if there's times where you don't feel like it, mm-hmm. they're always gonna, you're going to have moments in your life and in your relationship and your marriage where you don't feel like loving the other person across from you. That's mm-hmm. just flat out. You don't it's want so to. True. You don't like them. You don't even want to love them.
0: It's so true. So,
1: But love is a choice, right? So you, you choose to love. However, this pastor said something that stuck with me. It's like, when you choose to love, you choose to hurt. So if you don't want <gasps> to hurt, good. then you shouldn't choose love. And that, that took some chewing for a little bit from wow. me. Wow. Because I'm like, man, love. If you
0: choose to love. You
1: choose to hurt. You
0: choose to hurt. That's true. Because if you're not doing one, you're doing you're doing it, the right. other. Right.
1: And it's so crazy because I'm like, okay, obviously you're not choosing like, I want to be hurt. You're not saying that. But just the simple fact that hurt is going to be a part of the decision to love, right? That is a, a an investment. It is a choice. It is a... Saying I'm going to love you, despite especially agape, in spite of,
0: in spite right, of,
1: right, the love that covers a multitude of sins. A multitude that is hurt. That that Woo. can hurt, and so I. Think, and
0: that's a lifetime.
1: Yes, that's a lifetime. That's
0: a lifetime. I
1: mean, bless, bless, bless you, women, because obviously God said about, you know, what y'all have to do. Jesus said what y'all have to do in Ephes- Ephesians about mm-hmm. being a wife. But mm-hmm. Jesus did say we have to die, right? Mm-hmm. Men love wife as Christ loved the church, which means death, okay? Death,
0: death to yourself. That
1: is, that is, it is a continual mm-hmm. death. It's a continual picking up your mm-hmm. cross. It's sacrificing the eyes for us. And that's a choice that you have to make every day. And there's sometimes hurt. What do you say
0: to the woman out there, the girl out there, that is very like, um feminist, very independent, very well, no because he's this and he's going to follow this and I'm going to do this like what what is your advice to women cuz you know this is the culture we're living in. Yeah. Now, as you're thinking about that, I'm going to I'm going to put my two cents into it. Okay. I am not a feminist, mm-hmm. although like I know my personality is big and I know that I have a lot of opinion on things mm-hmm. and I like knowledge but i am very traditional mm-hmm. very traditional i i cannot do what a man can do i'm not wired that way mm-hmm. um i don't desire to be a man right um at all the pressures that men feel are oh my gosh oh my gosh immense
1: thank god oh empathy yes so
0: no i <laughs> trust me i don't i don't desire that i'm not even saying that as a way for men to be like oh i'm going to date her cuz she's not a feminist no 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 now i do believe that women should get they're equal pay. I do believe that oh, women absolutely. should, you know, like we work hard. I do believe in all of that. But what I'm saying that I'm not a feminist is that I don't believe in this future is female movement and, you know, like God is a woman. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I don't believe in that. But I do believe that in 2021, I've sat across the table from a lot of guys that are my friends, or some that I've dated. And they've told me like, man, it's hard because women are so stuck in this mentality of in a relationship, it's equal. And in a relationship, it's this. So what is your advice or your words that you want to shed just from a perspective?
1: Man, it's really hard in the streets, Mm. I think. Um, You know, in today's world. And
0: the streets, AKA dating world. Yes. um,
1: (laughs) You know, in today's world, and don't get me wrong. I think that's an approach you should have anyway, right? But women are definitely more focused on, right? I got me. I got my. I got my bag. Secure the bag. How do you add value to all of this? Mm-hmm. And there's such a standard
0: mm-hmm. that they
1: don't even realize that they're they're placing a standard that doesn't exist or that it's only like such a small percentage of the population.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: my my advice would be. Reevaluate those lists, maybe even remove some, mm-hmm. in order to just be able to try to have authentic, genuine connection. Connection, right? You'll
0: be surprised.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I just think that some you come in with your list and you have your 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 do's and don'ts and what your expectations are, and I think that you unbe- unbeknownst maybe you're just setting the bar so high that good guy a good guy could get passed up. A guy that can add value to your life. Maybe not in the way that you see based on what your expectation of how you want him to add value to your Mm -hmm, life. mm -hmm. But he can add value to your life if you allow him, if you just kind of get out these expectations. That doesn't mean you can't have your own. That doesn't mean you couldn't. Because all that, from a male's perspective, is certainly attractive as well. And that's what I
0: was going to say. I hear that. A lot of guys say, man, I love when a woman comes to me with, like, I... am I got this. I got that. I'm a high driven career woman. I have my savings yeah. account stacked. I have a house. That's great. All that
1: can be great. It's just like okay, but you know, but that it, just, it can be great if we're still willing to mm-hmm. work together, right? And obviously, you mentioned there is no lesser than. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of traditional roles as well but the bible mm-hmm. even speaks about being co-heirs right so there is no being a yes. traditional role and it doesn't mean that one is one is lesser than Amen. also the responsibility of being the head of household that stuff I
0: don't want it woo,
1: everything falls to you I don't want it so you you know <laughs> the divorce you going can through have it? That. you you know that's your fault mm-hmm. you you messed up male what you do wrong
0: that's so true
1: right so that's, so that's, that's quite the burden to carry I
0: know that that wasn't a uh, wish I knew but I did want, I just felt like we needed to throw that in there just because I feel like that's like, kind of like the thread and the message nowadays out in these streets. It's like women have this fear because I feel like it stems from just being vulnerable. It stems from, and I understand that, you know, this again, if you do not have a father figure in your life, if you had an abusive relationship with the father or a male figure in your life, please get the help that you need. Please seek out therapy. But I'm more talking on, you know, women that complain mm. about being single and they have all the resources and the support and they look at the roles like what you just said. Well, I'm not going to do this, especially when you mentioned Ephesians, because in Ephesians, it says that we are to submit to our husbands. I didn't and didn't want that to say word. It, Oh, submit, you can oh, say no, it. No, I didn't
1: want to say it because, you know, oh, submit you is can such say a thing. I ain't about to get crucified on this podcast because I said the no, word submit. No, no.
0: <laughs> so when you think about submit... A lot of people, it has a negative connotation to it. Sure. It has a negative meaning. And then when you think about, but here's why he said that. So when you think about, let's go all the way back to Adam and Eve, right? So when Adam and Eve, when Eve ate the apple um, and Adam obviously sinned with her and all of that, God came to Adam and said, where, what are you doing? Like, why, where were you? Like, what happened? What?" And he didn't go to Eve. He didn't go to Eve, right? Mm-hmm. And the the three ways that Eve fell for that apple was because it looked good, it tasted good, and it felt good. So those are the three lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm. Okay. So now, when you fast forward to Ephesians, and you think about submit, right? Eve messed up in Genesis. They were given specific instructions. Whoever they want to blame is who they want to blame. I'm blaming her. Mm-hmm. Because one, blame. <laughs> I'm blaming her. Adam did too. <laughs> but you gotta think about it. We as women, we fall for things that look good, taste good, feel good. We are so easy to love things. We love pizza. We love puppies. We love you. <laughs> we love babies. We love. We love. We love. It's not. It's not hard for us to love. Mm. But it's hard for us to submit. It's hard for us to, hey, put down your pride and follow somebody but it's hard for men to love. It's, that's why he said, love the church like Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Because men are great with order. They, men will submit to authority if it's the right authority, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a job and your boss is gonna promote you and you're thriving, you're, hey, I'm, I'm gonna follow this man, right? We have a friend that's very influential and all of y'all look up to him and y'all go to him for advice, you go to him for counsel, because you respect that, right? Mm-hmm. We as women, it's so catty and it's so like divided that God's like, y'all need to learn how to just follow people, just just chill, just submit. And I know that this is like, for some people, you, you may be listening to this like, ah, oh, that's that BS and I don't want to, and that's okay, you can, you A, more power to you, God speak to you and the future relationship that you want to be in. But we're talking more on just, the things that we wish we knew before we got married. Remember, we've been there, done that, okay? And we're talking to you from our experiences, Mm -hmm. which leads me to the next one as we wrap this up. One of my friends said, I wish that marriage was, I wish I knew that marriage was about what I could give her and that what she could give me. My sacrifice was more important than what she would sacrifice for me. Hmm. Right? Run that back. I know. Run that back. I wish I knew that marriage was about what I could give her and not what she could give me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My sacrifice was more important than what she would sacrifice for me. I agree. Isn't that good?
1: I agree. That's good.
0: That's like, forget it. Show's over. (laughs) That's true. That's (laughs) true. Right? Because when you think about marriage— Guys, you're going to sacrifice a lot. Right. And it's not about what you're getting, right? The power here is, what am I sacrificing for this person that I love that I eventually want to get to that unconditional love? Absolutely. Right? Because let me tell you something. That unconditional love doesn't happen the day you get married. Nope. There is a build to this love. Mm -hmm. There is a, there's stages. You know how people say there's levels to this? Mm -hmm. There's levels to it, you know? And I believe that there's times that We get caught up with this Hollywood mindset. We get caught up up with TV mindset. Or we also, here's the other thing, what I wish I knew in in reference to this sacrifice thing is, I also wish I knew not to compare myself to other married couples. Right. Because I don't know about you, but I did that. I remember going out to dinner and looking at people and like, did you see they got a new car? And they bought a house. And what about us? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like, did you ever fall to that?
1: I, I did a little bit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily were things like, you know, more material things. Mm-hmm. It would be more of, you know.
0: Or even communication styles. It would, it would be communication. I was envious of someone that had yeah. great communication. I, I
1: saw one time, and this was unfair, but, and which I guess ties into a what I wish I would have known, that you're going to come in with your own expectations mm. about how you want your spouse to serve you mm. And you need to find a way to communicate those. Mm. She's not going to be able to read your mind.
0: <laughs> do you know? Do you know this guy I went on a date with? That's what he told me? He said, I'm going to tell you something. My biggest pet peeve is when women think that I can read their minds. I need you to tell me if I do something and it bothers you. Mm-hmm. Tell me and tell me now. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me later. And I was like, dang. But I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because we... because. It's going to happen. I, I remember there'd be times where I saw a wife, you know, we're all in fellowship and I see a wife, you know, bringing over the husband a plate. I'm like, man, I want to be served like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot. I got to get my own plate. I, but, wish, but, I in,
0: wish you guys could have seen him.
1: <laughs> but, but but, in fairness, so like in that moment, I was like, man, that I, would feel, that. I would feel good to be in that moment. Yeah. But you're right. I did not. And it was in that moment but was, uh, what was unfair to my ex-wife was that in that moment, I felt some type of way, which is modern day for bothered, right? Yes. I felt some type of way <laughs> about seeing that happen and not being the recipient of yeah. it, but I never communicated to that to her. That I but I like that. But mm-hmm. yet I, I had that and mm-hmm. it influenced how I interacted with her later that mm-hmm. and that wasn't fair to her. All because I had an unmet expectation that I didn't even realize I had that I didn't communicate, which was completely unfair. That's so everybody's good. gonna have them, so just be aware of them. And start trying to communicate them as you find them And that goes
0: back to sacrificing. Absolutely. Because it goes back to the fact that you may not, as a woman, you may not want to be in the kitchen preparing your man's food because you want to eat. I get that. But if that is a way that you show love to him, and that is the way that he likes to receive love, and your goal is to work on that agape love, then you sacrifice Mm -hmm. your pride in that moment. And you say, I'm going to go serve my man his plate. My sister, and she won't mind me saying, the one right there on the fridge, she and her husband, um, my sister is so funny. She says, I don't know why I did this. I don't know why I started this, but I made the biggest mistake when we were dating to every time that I cooked, I served his his plate first. And every time I did something, I served him. I served him. And it's so funny because <laughs> if you want to talk about feminists, if you want to talk about that one right there. One time she told my friend Ricky and I, Oh, when I get married, he's taking my name. And we all went, <laughs> <laughs> And what is her last name? Austin. Right. Livney Austin. So she. <laughs> Just put the
1: whole sister out. Yes. There. All right. I we sure know who did. it is now. I sure
0: did. <laughs> so she, I remember when I was going through my divorce, God bless them and multiply their life forever and ever. They opened up their brand new home to me, and I mm-hmm. lived with them for about a year and a half before moving here. And I saw that. I saw her every single day. Babe, what do you want for breakfast? She would cook it. They obviously, we all left our houses for our careers and then we came back for dinner every night. She serves him everything at the store. He likes a specific type of this. I have to get this for him. Just different things that I'm like, man, I didn't even do that. And I was married longer than her. Like, I did other things. I definitely love to host and serve. Sure. But I will say that the sacrifice for me, sometimes I would only do it conditionally. Mm. I would do it when I felt good about where we were. It was like, okay, yeah, when I cook tonight, I'll cook, I'll serve him, and I'll clean the the kitchen. And I'll watch a movie with him. Of course. And I'll cuddle. Like, it was all on conditions. Mm. Right. And it's so good that you said that about your expectations, because it takes me to when I remember being sick, hundred and three fever for like two days on the couch, coughing up a lung. And we got into an argument because I said to him, I mean, you haven't even come and checked on me. Mm. Like, what is wrong with you? And you know what he said to me? He said, because when we were dating and I try to help you one time when you were sick, you told me you like to be left alone.
1: Right. And so he, he saved that in the memory yeah. box for later. <laughs> and he's like, Bossy's sick. I'ma leave her alone. He thought he was doing you a solid. You sitting there And I'm over there, help!
0: And he's like, I'm, I'm going to the store. But see, but see how your expectations changed yes, when you got married? Yes, exactly. So that's what I was going to say. I was like, I mean, but I, can you give me some water? Can you give me my medicine? So guys, that is so true. Like you you definitely will have your own expectations when it comes to marriage. Um you definitely will have your own rules. But if you don't tell people something as small as what you just said, "Man, I would like my my mm-hmm. plate to come." And for me, I would like to don't don't coddle me when I'm sick, but check on me. Yep. Just let make sure that I'm breathing, right? Yep. I think Again, it goes back to just voicing your opinion, your your needs.
1: Absolutely. And ultimately, as we already hit on too, focus on what you're not giving instead of what you're not getting.
0: Say that again.
1: Focus on what you're not giving as opposed to what you're not getting. If both people can have that sacrificial mindset, as we've just talked about. Going into it, I think it'll make make life just so much easier, right? Mm -hmm. If you're always asking, even in those hard times when you Mm -hmm. don't want to serve this person because they pissing you off, what am I not giving or what can I give versus what I'm not currently receiving from this
0: person? That is so good. The last two things I wanted to say was I wish I knew that finances and how a person looks at finances Mm -hmm. (laughs) really affects your marriage. I knew that, listen... One of the things that I remember as a little girl was on Friday nights, or maybe whenever it was payday, my both of my parents would sit down at the dining room table with all their bills out and their checkbook. Cause at that time they would do checks, right? And they would calculate everything. And they would be bam, 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 you know? And I remember there was times where they would argue there was times where they'd be arguing because we're not going to have enough for this or the girls need this. And, but they always made it work. But I do remember I have those vivid pictures of them doing their finances together. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that I knew going into marriage that a healthy financial look on things together prevents so much things in the end. There's two things that couples fight about. Because they don't talk about it, can you guess one?
1: Money is definitely one of
0: them. And what's the other one? Sex. Yes. Yep. Yep. That wasn't planned Soccer. either. <laughs>
1: Not so that. if
0: you don't talk about money, you fight about money, and mm-hmm. if you don't talk about sex, you fight about sex. Absolutely. That's the look. That's it is what it is. It's gonna so I really wish, like, even as a provider, like, I wish that when we were dating, I would have seen how inconsistent he was as a provider to know that when we got married, it just wasn't going to go away. It was just sure. going to get worse.
1: Sure. Yeah. And I think from my perspective, when it comes to finance, you know, it's funny. That actually went, for the most part, pretty well in my marriage. Now, mm-hmm. I'm finance. I mean, I'm a finance major. Freaking, so I will say I'm a nerd about it. Yeah. So my biggest thing was I would do my best. I had a budget um, and I, we made a family budget and we did do it together. My biggest thing was I would wanted my wife to have the same enthusiasm that I did <laughs>
0: About when it budgeting. Came to
1: budgeting, no, she's no well, what she woman was, is exactly. And she's in finance, and, and her whole thing was just tell me how much I could spend, yeah, that's all I want to that's know. All right? I would know too. And, and, and so, and like I would, but I'd be like, but then look, but we could do this, and I'm trying to chart like what we could do. She's like, nah, right? So, I used to get frustrated because I'm like, but I'm like, I'm trying to. Be not only transparent but mm-hmm. I'm like I'm trying to let you know like this is what I'm thinking right mm-hmm. in my mind showing me the head of household responsibilities <laughs> and she's like nah and I realized it wasn't because she didn't necessarily care this just that it wasn't, wasn't a it didn't either. have the same level of
0: like weight exactly yeah, yeah, and so yeah. it's
1: it, like you said but that would have just helped in knowing. Yes. you know uh, there's a book called first comes love then comes money Ooh. and there, and it actually talks about money language Languages almost That's like the five good. love languages yeah. it talks about money languages.
0: Listen, first comes love, then comes money. By who? Okay, while you're talking, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah,
1: first comes love, then comes money. Not sure by who, but it talks about the different types of spending behaviors people tend to have, identifying them in your spouse, and then figuring out ways to work with your spouse if they are that type. You have the the, the saver. That feels like they need money for security, so they don't want to spend it on anything. You have the spendthrift that feels like we're gonna to die tomorrow, so let's live it up, and some in various levels in between. All right, it is first comes love, then comes money by Bethany and Scott Palmer, Does aka that look the Money Couple. That is the exact book. That's the book. Yep.
0: Okay, cool. That I've never heard of it. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to put that in my in my list. Yeah, I think for me, for sure, it was we fought about it. We didn't agree on it. Um, he his his definition of money was like no let's just put five on it and my definition was no let's pay it off <laughs> like I don't care that i don't I, i'm only gonna have a dollar in my bank account are all my bills paid great let's pay it off and I didn't like that whole well we'll put something on it no we're not putting nothing on it we're gonna put the whole thing on it right mm-hmm. and that left me in a very big financial bind even at the end where it took me like in my post-divorce life, there's, th- there's there were things that I had to deal with because of his mistakes in, mm. in finances. So I will tell you guys, um, if you're dating about today, make sure that you, if you're getting serious with that person, talk about money. Very much so. Like, How do you
1: spend it? Having joint accounts versus separate accounts. Yes. How much money could be an allowance? Start talking about those. See, and I'm very
0: traditional. My parents never had separate accounts. They had everything together. And my mom never had to ask permission to like buy something. Like my mom never, if we needed a vacuum, if we needed something, and she saw the money was there, she obviously she would tell my dad. But she was not it was never like this. Um, I need this for the house. Can I buy this? He was like, get it, you know? Sure. But I think like I'm in that aspect, I'm like. I'm traditional and I, I I don't really meet a lot of guys. And I think it also comes from men being hurt and men being taken advantage of mm-hmm. by women with finances. But I haven't met any guys that are like, yeah, I, I, I agree. I want a joint account. I've met guys that say we can do a bills joint account, but then you have your money and I have my money. And right. in my head, I'm like, no, it's yeah. ours, and
1: especially in community property states. uh, There is no. His and hers, it's it's yours. What's right? Texas? Um, Texas is a community property state. Ooh, so everything gotta get married in Texas. So everything that gets married, <laughs> everything that's part of the marital estate is half of the other person's, wow. okay? FYI, because I've learned. Anyway. But so,
0: don't, don't. You're not getting married to get a divorce, okay? No, absolutely. You're, exactly. you're only doing this once, y'all. We're
1: going to say prenuptials for another conversation. <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to what you said. You know, it's funny. My, my, my mom and dad, for years, Um, have had a joint account, but have had separate varying accounts as well. Yeah. But we had just a joint account. Now... We didn't have permission, but we just had... Limits. We had a limit, and we both were going to tell each other yes. if we were looking to spend something over yes. X amount. Only yes. time really that deviated if we were trying to hide a gift or something of purchase.
0: Oh, for sure. So, yeah. But
1: for the most part, it was just more of an honor code. Like It's not going to be something that applies to you only. It's going to apply to both of us. Yeah. We're going to keep each other in a loop yep. when there are certain things we And I will say, remission.
0: he and I had a, a joint as well, and we always said, if you're going to spend over this limit, let me know. Right? right? And make sure you're not spending our bill money. Right. Which it happened a few times. But well, yeah. that's a different that's a different episode. Right. Anyway. <laughs> um, and the last thing that I want to say is I really wish that I knew before I got married that unexpected things are gonna happen. Curveballs are gonna come. Because it's not gonna be cookie cutter. And maybe it was my rose-colored glasses. <laughs> mm. But I think that when things came unexpected, I freaked out. And it could be a personality thing. So if that's you, make sure that you get that in check. Um, but I do. I wish that. Because marriage is unexpected. You're going to have unexpected stuff happen all the time. Mm-hmm. It's I like your analogy of China and Africa and let's coexist. Mm. Because I feel like that's what it is. It's two worlds coming apart. I mean, coming together, not apart. Jesus. Well. Um,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Two worlds
0: <laughs> if coming together. <laughs> to coexist and I really wish that like we did a better job I did a better job just even learning how like he handled unexpected things versus how I handled it Mm -hmm. you know like to me it was like everything was an emergency and to him it was like hey eh, it's it's fine it's Mm -hmm. gonna be okay and I'm like no (laughs) uh versus now You know what's crazy, Terrence, and I don't know about you, but I think after going through my divorce and just things personally, nothing really surprises me. I kind of have like this, well, okay, let's roll with it. Like, whatever comes, it's going to come. Because I've learned to relinquish that control of wanting everything in perfect order, Mm. right? Yeah. And I think that there's times in marriage where one person wants to be in control of how the ship is steering, Mm -hmm and the other person is taking the ship the other way and you're like why are you going that way you're going to, you're going towards against the wind we need to go this way you know and it's like it's again unexpected things that come your way and they will make or break you absolutely they will make or break you and i will say that nothing is too hard to bounce back in a marriage i know couples that have had bankruptcy issues finances I've had a, I remember I sat down with this lady one time. She told me that her husband gambled away their life savings, retirement funds, everything. She said, I could have walked away. They were married like 33 years. Mm. She said, but I had to really pray and I had to understand that he had a deeper issue than I ever saw. Mm. And that was forget the money. My whole thing was, what was in him that needed to be, like, fixed. And it wasn't on me to fix it, she said, but we needed to get him help. Right. And she was sitting across from me, and they, they were married, and, like, at that point, they were married... I think another five years, Mm -hmm. they were in their 40s. And I was just looking at her like, wow. She goes, we didn't get a divorce. Everyone thought, we lost everything. She said, when you talk about it, we lost it. They had businesses, they had Mm. houses, they had boats, they had cars. She goes, we lost it all. And I stood with him and I was like, wow. For better or for
1: worse, right? Which gets back to, so that's commitment. And that's honoring a commitment that you made before God and before man which is funny because that's something that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. You know, as a as a man, maybe because we're the ones that initiate the covenant, right? We're the ones that's gotta go get the engagement ring, yeah. that, that kneels, apparently is constantly being upped. You gotta have a photographer hiding. You gotta make sure that it's this, you know, perfect ambiance when you do it. But from the jump, right? You have to initiate the covenant, and as I already mentioned, you're the man. So you're saying, I'm agreeing to take care of myself and somebody else. So there's a lot that comes with a man introspectively looking at themselves and and evaluating, am I ready to make this level of commitment? Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes as men, I know I was guilty of this, I was so focused on my commitment level to her that I didn't do the same level of due diligence in evaluating her commitment level to me. Wow. In this entire process, That's so good. And so understanding to the best of your ability Right. Whether it's analyzing those family experiences or whatever you got to do, do your best to understand the level of commitment. Because to me, there was a new phenomenon to be like, whoa, wait, you can say these vows and you can back out on your commitment. And obviously we live in a world where that happens Fickle. pretty routinely. Mm-hmm. Right. So understanding someone's level of commitment to you and your marriage and what you want to build
0: mm-hmm.
1: is is a, so important to me.
0: Yes. That's okay. Um, I definitely have enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we could talk about this all day. A long time. <laughs> <laughs> but I really hope that this episode has helped you guys out today. Those of you that have been married and you're listening to this as a divorcee, there is hope on the other side. Yep. There is health on the other side emotionally. Mm-hmm. And you can overcome that obstacle. And... Um, If you're married and you're going through a hard time, get the help that you need there. Like I said, I've I've seen couples bounce back from far. I've seen it from infidelity to financial ruin Mm -hmm. to everything.
1: Save your marriage.
0: Yes. Save your marriage because it goes back to how you just ended it. It's about the commitment and it's about really having that agape love for one another. Um, And it takes two contrite people to have those hearts, two contrite hearts to really want to put the work in. It's going to take work. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it's not gonna be work. It's gonna take work, but it's not impossible work. Um, and if you have, if you have a healthy marriage, share your tips with people in your life. Don't hold that in. Please. You know, I read a book the other day that said, on an average, healthy marriages are boring, and it's true. Like when I think about people in my life that have healthy marriages, they are very boring. I'm like, yeah, y'all really don't. There's not much excitement in this house. But they have peace Mm -hmm. and they are on the same page Mm -hmm. and they understand each other and they work towards that. So, guys, I leave you with remember that the health of your heart in dating, in marriage, in post-divorce life, it's all on how the work that you put in to get yourself to that emotional health. It's not impossible for you to fix whatever's going on in your life you are not responsible to fix anybody. I'm gonna say that again. You are not responsible to fix anybody. You're nobody's Oprah or Brene Brown or Dr. Phil. You need to get the help that you need, but also make sure that the person and the persons in your life have the help that they need. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember, rate, review, subscribe. Terrence, you wanna leave us with a little what?
1: No, it's been fun. It's been fun. (laughs) Saving marriage, hanging there, healthy people, get healthy. Yes. Everything Vasi said.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to Healthy Heart Talks. We'd love to keep in touch with you. So follow us on Instagram at Healthy Heart Talks. And if you would like to continue the conversation, send us your email to healthyhearttalks at gmail.com. Until next time, and remember that a healthy heart leads to the best healthy head decisions. Besos.